0: Hey friends, welcome to the Mosaic Podcast. I'm Shannon Leibold and I'm here with my co-host Lynn Martin. And we're so glad you've joined us. This is a podcast for the women of Wallenstein Bible Chapel and beyond. It's a space where we celebrate how God is turning brokenness into beauty. Each week, we chat with a guest and share stories from our own lives. As Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece, His work of art, and He's shaping us into something beautiful. Welcome to episode 36 of the Mosaic Podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Lynn. And we're so glad you're listening along to us today. We have another great podcast episode for you. We are diving into another chapter of our book, Fix Your Eyes Our Study on Theology. And uh, we're looking forward to that discussion. And then we have a lovely conversation with Monica J. And um, we're looking forward to sharing that with you as well. And then we have another art piece and a story. And so lots of fun things in the podcast. And it's mid-September. And so um, you, no doubt, have been getting into the swing of, of you know school routines and back to school and all that September brings. Um, and so uh, we're just. Lynn, do you do you like September? Do you like <laughs> the new routines, and or do you prefer summer, where it's a little more? Have we talked about. I feel like we've talked about yeah, this think,
1: before, probably. Yeah. I don't like September. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like September. Um, do you like routine? I do like routine, and I do like getting back into routine. Except that I everything feels so new and changed and different. Mm and And that part is always hard to let go of. And, yeah. Um, yeah, everything, like I just it's always a new chapter. There's something about September that, you know, when your kids are little, they're they're in a whole new grade, they're in a whole new, yeah, everything's just different. and you yeah. feel it in the air. and
0: yeah, I know people love September and one of these days, <laughs> and Maybe see, I will too. <laughs> all of the reasons you just said are the reasons I love September. <laughs> right? It so feels like another January, like a new beginning and a chance to, you know, try new things and add new things to the schedule. But what I do is I add everything. I say we're going to do everything. You yes. know, all the all the extracurriculars and all the Bible studies and all of that, yeah. and then. Mid-October, I kind of hit a wall. Well, my August self always thinks I can do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> and then my
1: October self is like, what was I thinking? Yeah. So I've kind of learned and hopefully have that out a little bit. But, but it's still one of those things, isn't it, that I guess maybe part of it is I do like the routine.
0: Yeah. But
1: what I don't, I'm not ready for it.
0: Oh, okay. So whenever
1: September hits, I'm just not quite ready. I, yeah. I always feel like if I could just have one or two more weeks. Yes, yeah, um, me too. Then summer would be summer
0: could be longer for sure.
1: And this year for you is so different.
0: Oh, it's going to be very different. Yeah, not not going back to school. So yeah, so you're yeah. about to experience things in a very different mm-hmm, way. So for sure, but with all this newness and and new rhythms and new habits, um, we just want to encourage you guys to. Um, to, to jump into some sort of Bible study, you know, all yeah. the Bible studies are starting and, and there's lots of opportunity to get involved or small groups. Just, um, yeah, it is Add, a great
1: chance to really like, you know, we've talked about rule of life on the podcast and it's yeah. such a good time to set some goals for habits that you want to yeah. apply to your life. And yeah. yeah, Bible study, it's such a great time to start one. For
0: sure. Yeah. So we just encourage you guys to do that. Um, Yeah, and we can check out your website to do that too, right? Yes, so um, scriptureandstory.com. I've launched, in August I launched a, a brand new website and lots of resources on there for Bible study, so... So check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy if you would. All right, Lynn, let's dive into our conversation on theology. We're in Amy Gannett's book called Fix Your Eyes, How Our Study of God Shapes Our Worship with Him of him and we are um, almost finished so we have, have two chapters left yeah two chapters left so we're in chapter 7 today and uh, we're studying ecclesiology so that's the church we're gonna be talking about the church and then we have one more topic which is eschatology um, talking about end time so today we're, we're talking about worshiping the God of his body the church And I just love the way Amy started this chapter. She told a story about herself as an eight-year-old girl, and she had had an argument with her mom, and she had screamed, you're the meanest mom ever, and, you know, stomped her little eight-year-old feet and right up the stairs and slammed her bedroom door and um, waited, and her dad came up. And uh, she... He asked her what was wrong and she proceeded to tell him, you know, all the reasons why her mom was mean and she'd done something so bad and, and on and on and on. And he patiently listened to her story and then he, he took her face in his hands and he held it close to his and in a, in a gentle but firm voice he whispered, that's my bride you're talking about. And that just struck me because we we talk about the church in all sorts of ways, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things people often say is the church is messy, <laughs> and it's hard, and and that's true. It is true. It's but very true. We have to be careful because that's Christ's bride that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, she she goes on to say. She acknowledges all of that, which I really appreciate because it's not something you want to just sort of like sweep under the carpet and think, "Well, okay, no, we can't think that way; that's wrong." Mm-hmm. But it is messy. It is hard. We all have stories because un- we're people and, and un- we're messy people. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have more than one story. Yes, <laughs> of, of times of um, feeling like it, the church hasn't been what we thought it was would should be, and but she says. Um, she invites us to to catch God's vision for the church mm-hmm. so don't think about the church the way we think about it but actually try to wrap our heads around how God views the church and it's such a great
2: mm-hmm.
1: perspective I mean and that's really what we do every time we we open the Bible or we, we listen to a great sermon right we're, we're directing mm-hmm. our thoughts to to God and and our perspective changes. Mm-hmm. So that's what she does.
0: Yeah. And, you know, she acknowledges that for all the church's flaws, uh, God knew that the church would have flaws. But the Bible does not paint an irritated view of the church. It doesn't. Yeah. It paints a very, very different view of the church, a beautiful view of the church. Yeah. And um, so we just need to remember that as we start this conversation. We Absolutely.
1: And, and she says a little later on in the chapter, it's God's plan A. And there is no plan B. Yes. <laughs> this is it. This is so it. So get discouraged with it, but then pick up yourself and and come back. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe you're not in the right space. Who knows? Yeah. Because there are lots of broken... Um, we're seeing examples like over and over again of broken churches. It doesn't mean stay in a place that's unhealthy. Yeah. But the church of God, we need to stay there.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I just... I love the local church. I think there is something so beautiful and so special about believers coming together and and you know, opening God's word and and praising God together and praying together. And the the community of support that we have as believers, I think sometimes we take that for granted yes, because those yeah. who are unbelievers who are outside the church, they don't have that same network. And so I have always been a really big champion of the local church. When the doors are open, I'm there. I'm there. I just, I, I really love the local church. So wh- why don't we look at the definition that, that she gives for mm-hmm. the church?
1: Um, she says, The church is the gathering of those who have been reconciled to the Father through Jesus, have been united to him in faith, and thereby united to each other. And through his indwelling spirit, bring God's presence to bear in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then this practice or this gathering also practices the Lord's ordinances together. This is important because we forget this sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and its members enjoy covenantal commitment to one another. Mm-hmm. Being under the authority of spiritual shepherds and delighting in the headship of Christ, the good shepherd. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's the beautiful church. And really, when a person comes to Christ, they have joined the universal church. Yep. They are a part of the body of Christ, whether or not they're plugged into a local church. Yep. So, and and we have we have family church
1: family that aren't a part of our building church. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, yes. Like just because we don't attend the same church doesn't mean that we're not part of that that yeah. bigger church. There following. is
0: no salvation apart from the church. That it's just right. yeah the way it is, um, yeah. So and it, it's really neat to think that since the beginning of time, God has been has been building His church. Yes. You know, over time He's gathering people who are saved by faith, filled with the Spirit, and then bringing um, His presence to bear in the world through the church through His. His plan A. And that's probably the thing we
1: need to emphasize and recognize that it's God's work. Mm -hmm. It's God's covenant. So getting discouraged with the church and giving up on the church is giving up on God, essentially, because it's who and it's what He's created. And it's easy to lose sight of that because I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we're still, like, let's be honest, we are still, many of us, feeling a little raw from the last two years, two and a half, however long it is now. We're, we're still getting ourselves picked up from that and trying to wrestle through some of that. Um, how do we go back? Some people still haven't come back. Mm-hmm. We, some people, we don't even know where they're at. Mm-hmm. The church body coming together is just so important.
0: It is. So um, there are different images of the church in Scripture, Uh, the church as a bride, as a body. So let's talk about some of those ways the church is described. Um, First, the church is is called the bride, the bride of Christ. And, you know, God wants his people to know that their maker um, is their husband. (laughs) That's that scripture. It's so hard to grasp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So intimate. Like what relationship is more intimate than a husband wife? That's
0: right. Relationship. And so there's this picture of, you know, marriage between Christ and the church. And um, we, as his bride, are purifying ourselves, are getting, you know, getting ourselves ready for the appearance of Christ. So that's just a, a beautiful picture of the, the church as a bride of Christ.
1: And then church, the church as his body, which is in some ways even more intimate. Mm-hmm. Because now we're, we're talking, we're a part of his very self, yeah. I, I don't even understand that at all. <laughs> yeah. But but Scripture is very clear. Ephesians 5 says Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. 1 Corinthians says now you are the body of Christ and mm-hmm. individually members of it. You can't get more clear than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have responsibilities as the body of Christ, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, yeah, so... Um, she, she also mentions that the church is the flock of God. That's another kind of biblical image that is used that, you know, Christ is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. We are his flock and he, he leads us. Um, and so that's, you know, that's just a picture of us being vulnerable Yeah. and, and Christ protecting us and guarding us and leading us. She also talks... Am I interrupting? No. Nope. I'm
1: sorry. She also talks about the church, global and local, right? That it's the the, the church is not just in our own community, but, but broader. Mm-hmm. But then she talks about how we can look at history and look at the church historically and how it is also part... We are part of that same church. Yeah. That really got me. I thought, oh, that's so amazing. Because then we can actually... I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? And you can so you can look back and see um, that example and and where they went wrong and where they excelled and how we're different, how we're the same, and maybe ways we want to change. I love that. Mm-hmm.
0: It really expands your understanding of the universal, universal or global church. Really does over across all of time. Yeah. And then she
1: says, <laughs> we need to remember not to just think of it as a nice social gathering. Mm. God has seen fit that the church stand apart from non-profits and Christian associations as something distinct. She has a unique commission and a unique calling. I feel like we need banners for that.
0: Yeah. And, and she goes on to say what makes it different, what makes it unique, is that we... Um, practice baptism and the Lord's Supper, those two ordinances that set us apart from non-profit organizations. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. That That's what we have as the local church.
1: Yeah, it, it's, um, it's just good reminders. Certain things that you start to just take for granted and mm-hmm. then not think about as being as important as they are. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so this God's church is is um, in the upside down kingdom. You know, you've heard that term before that God has called his people into a radical new identity and commissioned them into a new way of living. And I think sometimes I have to there are times when I'm confronted with the reality that wow, what I have in the church with the relationships I have here is so special, and not everybody has this. Not everybody mm. has this support, and so this radical new way of living, of being in our world, it has, um, it just has benefits. And for and us. then how can we do it better? Yeah,
1: not not to make it a checklist, but but we 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 know we're broken. We know we. Mess up we know we have hurt people but it is still god's plan for us to be a church so how can we improve and i love mm-hmm. some of the examples she gives of how the church is to be and how it's to act um She says, where the world insists that we reject those who look, think, or value things differently than we do, Christ calls his church to be like-minded toward one another, accepting one another, and devoted to one another. Mm -hmm. And those things have to all happen. Mm -hmm. It's not just the one. Like, it's easy to be devoted to something and not really think about, you know, um, accepting. Mm -hmm. Or, or like, those things can be, um, yeah, they can just... They have to work together, all of them.
0: Yeah, it's all those one another passages in Scripture that that characterize the local church.
1: Bear with one another, comfort and encourage one another. Yeah. We could do all of that better.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs>
1: and and not to like beat ourselves up, but okay,
0: let's strive for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so like she does in every chapter, she talks about how our study of God shapes our worship of him so she goes on to, to write about worshiping the God of the church and um, this idea that God delights in the corporate praises of his people mm. and we come and we gather and we sing and we read and we worship and encourage and fellowship and praise him all together we're doing that together and that's that's a beautiful part of the church
1: it's so beautiful and i love she she makes the point of saying that we worship God as we choose to live according to His economy, not the world's and not our own, and I think sometimes we can get caught up in the word worship and think that means singing, mm-hmm. and, and singing is a form of worship mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. But it and and she spends a fair bit of time talking about that too. It's, she doesn't ignore that, but but she starts off with saying these are other forms of worship. It's that whole idea of living according to God's economy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and serving serving each other. You know, the church is a great place to to use the gifts and talents God has given us to serve one another. Yeah. And that's and you know, another form of worship. And then she ends with you alluded to it Lynn, but this this idea that Um, The church is made up of the choir of the faithful. And she asks this question, have you ever noticed that one of the only places we sing corporately is in church? Yeah. And I thought about that because I thought, you know, my friends who aren't believers who don't go to church, they probably don't have a lot of opportunity to sing corporately with with other people. And I I just took that for granted. I never even thought about that.
1: Well, and you know, Full disclosure, and I apologize in advance to all of our very dedicated worship leaders, but when we were online for COVID, I would just skip the singing part Mm. because I'm by my, well, with my family, and it just, well, felt awkward and and all the things, and yet when we came back together, that's my favorite, Mm -hmm. it's not my favorite part, but I love that part of the mm-hmm. service, because mm-hmm. yeah, singing together is so different from singing by yourself. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, and she says, while the world disagrees, and when the enemy tries to silence the church, continues proclaiming in unison her Savior's victory over sin and death. And so, our our singing together is a proclamation um, to to the world, to you know, the unseen spiritual realm that that you know christ is victorious and we keep proclaiming his name over and over again yeah
1: it is such a beautiful thought Mm -hmm. i love that idea like she says individuals like you and like me are part of lifting the melody into the air letting our voice mingle with others in a song of redemption and profession of god's goodness And as Mm -hmm. each of our voices, in tune or out, joined together, we have the joy of being a part of the song of God's goodness. Mm -hmm. Lovely.
0: Yeah, and she goes on to say, Do you want to know what's sweet? God has made your voice essential in that melody. Mm. He has called you to be an integral member of his body, a joyful participant in the life of his flock, and an ever-growing, ever-purified member of his bride. And he invites you to lift your head, fix your eyes on him, and join in that song it's so beautiful i just pray
1: that as we close this part of the this chapter of the book that we are inspiring you to go be part of your church yes absolutely
0: We are here today with Monica Jay and uh, welcome, Monica. We're excited that you're with us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So Monica, you are a new friend to me. I don't know you super well. So um, could you just take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, what you do, that kind of thing?
2: Sure. So yes, I am Monica Jay. Um, I am married to Tim Jay. We have two boys. Uh, Lucas is 12. Carter is nine. Um, I work full time out of the house. I work for a company called WD Packaging. Um, it's a company owned by Home Hardware. Long story short, there you have it. (laughs) In Elmira. In Elmira. I work in Elmira. Um, I start work by 6.40 every morning. So I'm out of, I'm up and out of bed. I can't imagine how you do that. I never thought I could. Wow. I am not a morning person, but now the alarm goes off and I'm, I'm, roll out of bed and start my day okay good for you crazy hour (laughs) but yeah it works really well for our family I'm home just before three o'clock kind of when uh, the boys are in school school. I'm home um, before they're home from school which is nice yeah that is nice um and then Fridays I'm done by two which is also really nice then I have a bit of extra time in the afternoon to do stuff as well um Yeah, I don't know what else you want to know. (laughs) You've grown up in the church. Yes, I was thinking about that today. I'm third generation here. My grandparents attend here. My parents do, and now me, and then my boys are fourth generation. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. That is cool. Wallenstein is home. (laughs) Wallenstein is home. Now, Tim is not from around here. He's originally from Peterborough. Um So we met kind of through mutual friends and he's an implant. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can relate. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Well, you we,
1: we, Monica and I, we've worked on women's ministry together in the past, and it is really fun to have you here today. And
2: Thank I know you.
1: you're gonna have something fun to share with us. Um, and as you know, we have been talking about the theolo- theology of God. The doctrine of god and um and so because of that we want to ask you what your favorite aspect is of god's character and why it means so much to you
2: yeah this is kind of a fun question for me i had different things that kind of popped into my mind but i think the one that stands out the most to me is god being love
1: Hmm.
2: um it's not based on anything that we do or or don't do or anything like it's just god is love and um a couple years ago i was reading a book i can't remember the title of it but the author was talking about how we can ask god to remind us of his love for us just in tangible ways right Mm. so the example that she used was god show me a cardinal if i see a cardinal today i'll know that that was a gift from you to remind me how much you love me and I thought about this, and am like, that's kind of cool. Like, we can do that? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say presumptuous. That's yeah. Fun, we forget that we can ask things of God. Yeah. So she had asked that of God, and um, I forget what the time frame was, but God brought this cardinal to her. And when she saw it, she was just like, thank you, God. Like, wow. I needed that, right? So I was sitting at my desk. I was working from home at the time, and I was looking out the window, and I am a person who puts God in a box. Like, I forget he is God and all-powerful, right? I'm like, okay, God, like, a cardinal would be really cool to just see fly past the window. Like, so I sat there and waited. I'm like, I don't think cardinals are in season right now. I <laughs> no, can't ask that, right? Are they ever out of season? I'm anything? not sure, I but this is here. Was, this was my thought pattern, right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, a while ago I saw a bald eagle. Like, that would be very cool to see. But, like, what are the chances, like, in Elmira, right? <laughs> so, again, God in a box. And then I just kind of let it go. Like, I kept kind of looking out the window thinking that that's where I would see it. <clears throat> but it was a day or two later. I was mindlessly scrolling through Pinterest and never voiced any of this, these thoughts or anything. And all of a sudden there, on my homepage of Pinterest, there was a picture of a cardinal and a bald eagle sitting side by side on a branch. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I, th- I think I burst into tears and it was just like, okay, God. Like, and you didn't say it out loud. I didn't say it out loud so that like however technology so, yeah, works, yes. right? Because like, <laughs> that would be creepy. Instead, yeah. this is a cool story. <laughs> yeah. And that was just kind of it. And there was nothing else to do with any other birds or anything. Wow. So I pinned that to... It's own and special little, reminder now. Yep. that's that God amazing. is love and he will go out of his way to prove it to you. That yeah. is a really yeah. cool story.
1: Yeah. Really it's cool. such a good question like like you said, right? So what is your was a favorite aspect of God's character uh, to actually think about that and mm-hmm. take time to think about it. I'm yeah. so glad we've asked that question over. Mm-hmm. It was good over ladies cuz yeah.
0: And and our favorite aspects of who he is kind of shifts from season to season based on what we're going through. Yes. And, What what we appreciate most of him. So that's kind of cool to to hear from our guests. Mm -hmm. So, Monica, has there been a time when you've misunderstood something about God? And and how did that impact you? And what can happen when we have an incorrect view of God?
2: Yeah. Um, The thing that came to my mind right away was um, God's forgiveness. I've always known... um, Known that God is a forgiving God, mm-hmm. but I think I've always kind of had it skewed in my mind that um, that He He forgives, but He doesn't forget, yeah, right? Um, and He will, like, when things happen again, or they keep hap- you keep messing up on the same things, that God is there, going, Monica, like, pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> but I was again reading a book. It's funny. I don't do a lot of reading, but books seem to be my thing. Um, where the author had talked about how God actually, like, he's not a forgetting God, he's not forgetful, but he just erases, like, when we take, when we confess our sins, he forgives us, and it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that, and it still gives me goosebumps, like, just like, whoa. And I just, I had it so skewed in my own mind, like, thinking that God was just up there rolling his eyes at me when mm. I would mess up, but... Um, he we transfer our feelings of our, of our that we our humanness right? onto God, thinking, "Oh, yeah. well, this is how I feel. He must feel this way yeah. too." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But forgiveness, like when I read that, I was just like, "Whoa!" It it just, yeah, yeah. And then living in that grace that, that yes. forgiveness
0: offers is just a whole new level of freedom. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: i just love this i love isn't it great like we're sitting and talking about god yeah, <laughs> just, really and cool. people are listening and i just hope it inspires people to think these thoughts themselves ask these questions of themselves mm-hmm. so monica we want to ask you next can you think of a circumstance you went through that opened your eyes to a new aspect of god's character
2: maybe something that you hadn't realized before yeah I'll try not to cry as I kind of, and I might just read my notes on this one. (laughs) Um, Back at the end of 2020 and into most of 2021, so very recent, very recent years, um, my family and I went through a very dark, heavy, um, hard time. Um, End of 2020, we lost Tim's mom quite suddenly. Um, She had cancer and then. she had fought it, and then um, it came back again with vengeance. Really, and it was about a a week that she was in the hospital, and then passed away at the end of twenty twenty. Um, and yeah, we were just we were not prepared for it. Yeah. I don't know that you ever really can be, but um, yeah, that was really hard. Um, and then the day of her funeral, we came home from her funeral, we found out that my entire family had COVID. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. This was hard. Yeah. So we um, we drove home from Peterborough, uh, where my husband is from and his family's from, and went and got COVID tests and went straight into two weeks of isolation because that's what you had to do at that point in time um, if you had contact with people. So went from a funeral to two weeks of complete isolation. Um, and that was, I think, one of the hardest times that we had gone through as a family. My kids were grieving. My husband was grieving. I was grieving and just kind of carrying the weight of, of all of that. Um, so that kind of takes us to the end of 2020. And then 2021, um, spring of 2021, my husband lost a good friend of his to brain cancer. Um, so that kind of came with its own yeah. heaviness again. And I was working from home during that season as well. Had the boys at home with me doing school online um, and was just struggling. So that was May. And then by June, I came, I was diet or I don't know if diagnosed is the word, but I got shingles. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And that was just my body saying, You have got to yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah. And um, kind of throughout that season, I I was struggling my faith was hit hard um and I just I didn't yeah I was just I was faithless really mm-hmm. um I was questioning God I was angry at God um but then kind of the end of 2021 then um I really I don't know what it was but all of a sudden I was just like God is still good And that was the one thing that just kind of kept on repeating in my mind. Like, despite everything that we've been through, God is still good. Mm -hmm. And um, that is just kind of one characteristic that I'd never really given a whole lot of thought to. Like, yeah, I knew he was God. He's good. Mm -hmm. There's songs about it. But to really kind of go through a season like I had and to come out on the other side and look back. And I mean, I still I'm still kind of in that. Yeah, you're you're just coming through it. But to be able to say God is mm. good. <laughs>
0: it seems like such a simple thing, but it's huge. Yeah. It's huge to believe in the goodness of God when your circumstances are yeah. not good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So
2: that's that's a big deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And not really something that you would think would be the kind of the take home from that. Right. Like it's a very interesting um Mm-hmm. It's interesting how God chooses
2: to reveal different aspects of Himself to us. Yeah. In, in a place where you were feeling faceless yeah. is when you saw yeah. his goodness. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I mean not in the moment. No. <laughs> but the no, looking back. But looking, on looking it, back. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing
0: that. Yeah. Um, so we ask every guest our question about brokenness to beauty. So, Monica, can you tell us about a time in your a life? A different time? Yeah. <laughs> because
1: yeah. I feel like we've already heard one. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: um, a time in your life when you have felt broken, but God has turned it into something beautiful. Yeah.
2: Um, as I thought about this, I, I originally kind of had thought to share that first story as part of this, and then just kind of going through, writing out my answers and stuff. And like, no, this is, I think, what God really wants me to share and because it is really beautiful at the end (laughs) so my broken i'm just going to read it um, so i don't miss anything my broken to beautiful story really began as a child and continued all the way through my teen years and into adulthood and has really only turned into something beautiful within the last year or two as a child and teen i had developed very low self-esteem and self-image I struggled to believe and understand that God that I was made in God's image and that he loved me just the way I was. I was a body shamer, and I hated so many things about my physical being. Um, this carried into adulthood and ult- ultimately into my marriage, and I struggled to believe that Tim could love me for me, and even worse, to believe that God could do the same. For many years, I dieted and did different workout routines, but would never really feel... Um, Like anything was working for me and I would just give up. I carried so much shame around my weight and my body image. Um, Then in 2017 um, I decided to give Weight Watchers a try and boy did it work for me. (laughs) Mm. I had in less than three months I had lost 30 pounds and I felt amazing and truth be told I loved the compliments and the attention I was getting from people as they noticed the change. For about three years, I maintained this new me and was so pleased with myself. But what I wasn't prepared for was the way that Weight Watchers would become an idol in my life. Food, exercise, and the number on the scale was all I could think about and talk about. It was consuming me 24/7. If I gained a pound here or there, I felt so much shame. Um, It was the beginning of 2020, just as the pandemic was beginning, that I was at my most broken point. I was so ashamed of how I had allowed a worldly weight loss program to take over my life. And yet I was also, I'm sorry, and I also knew I didn't want to go back to where I was before Weight Watchers and an inner battle started raging. I started a study with a dear friend of mine called Shame Interrupted. We started praying that God would lead me to freedom from my shame and also somehow uh, show me how to live a life Full, sorry, how to live a full and healthy life. In going through this study, I knew God was asking me to let go of Weight Watchers. I had hung on for months still after, and um, sorry, where am I here, I hung for months. Now. until I had finally had enough, and I knew deep down that I was holding on to an idol that God was asking me to let go of. I very vividly remember God saying to me, Monica, I created you. Do you not think I can give you exactly what you need for a full healthy life? It was in that moment that I knew I had to release it. So on my bedroom floor, God met me there and I canceled my Weight Watchers plan. I bombed like a baby (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, after it was done because I felt freedom from that bondage and yet I was terrified as to how I was going to maintain my so loved figure. Fast forward about a year, and then I, I was having a conversation with another friend of mine, and she said she had something she wanted to share with me. Um, God had been working in her life over the past year, or the year prior, um, and she had stepped out in amazing faith and had become a revelation wellness um, coach. As she shared her story of how God had led her on, a journey, on this journey, I simply sat there stunned and amazed that God chose to use this dear friend of mine and she remained faithful in his leading and was now wanting to spell biblical truth about health, fitness, and freedom in Christ. Um, So at the beginning of 2022, her and I went through the Revelation Wellness program together and I found freedom from a shame and an idol that I had been carrying for uh, for most of my life. I'm still totally amazed that God did all this for me. But sometimes, it just takes small steps of faith and obedience, and God will do amazing things. Is my body back to where it was in my Weight Watchers day? Nope, but I'm okay with that, as I now have a much deeper understanding that God created me for me, and he simply loves me as I am. Curly hair, green eyes, and an extra 30 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Monica, this speaks to so many people. yeah. It's, oh, it's wow. a real
0: struggle for many, many women. It is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah. um, recently read a book. I think the author's name is Jess Connolly, called "Breaking Free from Body Shame," mm. and it's the first time that I have truly understood that my body was made good yes. by God, and that's just, yeah. It's it's a whole revelation to actually come to that place yeah. where no this this body has birthed two two babies <laughs> yeah you know I'm I'm mid40s and uh, yeah it my body is good because my body can do what God has called me to do yes and I'm to steward that well yeah and so it's a whole mind shift it now. is
1: a mind shift and it's I don't know it's more than a mind shift it's a it's a supernatural spiritual work right and
2: I think Like something that Revelation Wellness kind of fed into was like the whole idea of um, exercise and eating well. That's from God, and the world has taken that and just made it this billion-dollar empire, right? Right. And God wants that back. Mm -hmm. He wants that back. And I remember that's what stood out to me. Like that voice. Like I vividly heard God say, "Like Monica, I created you. Mm -hmm. Why are you not coming to me with this stuff?" Right? Because like. Years, like from childhood to Okay, so here's the question, which I don't know. I don't know
1: what you think, and and anyone listening, they might you may choose to have a different answer. Do
2: you think diets are good? Oh (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're bad. Yeah. Like I think um we're supposed to treat our bodies well. There is
1: overweight, there is excessive overweight, yes, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, Whatever
1: that is. It's yeah. a
0: stewardship issue, it is, isn't exactly. it? Because we have to steward the bodies that God has given us. And that includes eating healthy foods and moving our yeah.
2: bodies. And and it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. Like what what I need and what you need is is going to be different. And God will, when we go to God with those questions, he'll meet each of us, right? Yeah. Like he does on so many different yeah. levels. Yeah. And I just, yeah, when God spoke to me, like
0: that's amazing and that he
2: used this other friend kind of as I was going through the stuff of letting Weight Watchers go he was preparing the next thing already right like, yeah, that's that's just amazing. Yeah. yeah that is really and she lovely. didn't know why she was doing it yeah. so I remember sitting yeah. there going this is why you are doing this <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like God I've heard really great you. things about Revelation Wellness yes. and I actually have it on my list of things to look into yeah um I've heard really great things. Yeah,
2: it's it's really
0: good. Yeah. Well, thank you mm-hmm. for sharing You're welcome. that. Yeah, story. thank you so much. Like I feel
1: like th- if this doesn't spark conversation for people who are listening because you just know there's like this is a heart thing and 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 it's yeah, it's so connected to our our spiritual walk. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: It's it is. it's
1: really good. It
0: yes. Yeah. So Monica, we like to end every podcast with a few rapid fire questions about yeah. your favorite things. So we wondered, could you tell us what's your favorite food? Oh boy. Which is kind um, of I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the minute it came out of my mouth, I'm like, "Oh. oh. Don't say spinach." <laughs> no,
2: it's not. I would probably have to say Oh, I'm such a mood eater. Like it depends so much on my mood, but probably a good steak. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, a good steak, especially yeah. in the summertime. Yes. It's good. Um, do you have a favorite TV
0: show or Netflix show? Um, I
2: I love cooking shows, which is kind of again funny. <laughs> um, the Great Canadian Baking Competition yep, is yep. good. Um, I also like Sweet Magnolia yes. on Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I'm good. Kind of, I watch all different things. Good. Yeah.
0: Um, do you have a favorite
2: book? You said you're not much of a reader, but I'm not a huge reader but I think the book and I actually just finished it again last night and it's so worn is The Princess by Laurie Wick and I I remember when Charlotte Martin was on here she had she had said that too and she's like you were actually the one that told me about that book oh that's so funny (laughs) yeah it's just a cute little story okay yeah Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite worship song Oh, goodness. We haven't even talked about how musical you are. Right. So
1: that's probably a hard question.
2: Yeah. I thought this was maybe one of the questions you were going to ask, and I was trying to think on the way here, like, can I narrow this down? (laughs) I would say my favorite, my newest favorite is I Speak Jesus by Charity Gale. I love that song. Yes. We we had just learned it as um, a music team, and... It's boy. amazing. Yeah, My son and I works. were just singing it on the way home from an appointment earlier. Yeah. Like he, we just belted. <laughs> Love so that. Love that.
0: Yeah. Well, Monica, it's been so lovely to get it's to know you better nice. and to chat with you. So thank you for sharing with us and our listeners. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. You're
1: welcome. So... Once again, for our art piece, as we journey through some different doctrines of God, we are looking at a cathedral. We are looking at one of the older styles of church, the kind of the church you think about that you've known forever, but you probably don't actually go to a church that looks like this anymore. Some people do, obviously. I'm taking you back again today to a church that is in Guelph, Um, Our Lady of Basilica, and I've got a link on the show notes that you can actually tour the whole thing. It's pretty amazing. Uh, But the thing I want to show you is going to maybe be unexpected, but um, Shannon, when you think about a church, you walk in, you come in to that first part. Um, I don't know if you know this, but that part's called the narthex, when you think about a traditional church. Okay. And then... As you go into the next part, which is sort of where um, the congregants sit, we now, in in our modern day, we call that the sanctuary, right? Mm -hmm. But in the older style churches, it's called the nave. Okay. So have a look here at this picture. I'm scrolling in and trying to get pictures of the ceiling does it look like anything to you does it rem- like what do you think I've told you the word is nave, and and now we're looking at it it's kind of it's rounded it is rounded and and these there's I don't know what you would call them it almost looks like the skeleton of something yeah does that help yeah. to think about it like a skeleton of what like the the building itself right okay and it's shaped in like you said like this sort of dome like yes yeah okay so think nave, and if I tell you that the word nave is derived from the Latin navus which means ship oh so this is meant to look like the interior of a ship okay and what, I see it now what ship do we know from a scripture not really a ship but when you think of the old testament stories there's a main the story. ark no okay i, I got gotcha. you <laughs> i'm following here, you now here, the, the, ark. Me. Noah, the ark yes very good <laughs> <laughs> and that ark was a place of refuge yeah it saved the people it saved noah and his family from the chaos of the churning waters outside and so similarly the church the nave is a place of protection. It's a place um, to protect us from the sin of the world uh, while leading its members on a journey of pilgrimage to heaven towards the, mm. the sanctuary of the middle. Isn't that beautiful? It
0: is beautiful. This
1: is one of my very favorite things because seeing, and you have to look, please, as you're listening, have a look. Um, because it doesn't it now that you know that doesn't it look like that skeletal feel it of it like an upside down ship kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Um, in right inside the the belly of the ship. Um yeah, so that's what I have for you today. And just to think about when you entered, you know, we talked today about the church and the importance of the church. And as you enter that place of I mean symbolic safety, mm-hmm. it is a refuge from the world. Mm-hmm.
0: So during our teaching time, I'm going to share with you another story as I have been doing during this theology series. And the story I'm going to read to you today is called Stone Soup. Some of you may be familiar with it, but as I read it, I want you to think about the church and everything we've been talking about the church and how it's a a community of, of believers that come together and do life together. So this is the story of Stone Soup. Three monks, Hawk, Locke, and Sue, traveled along a mountain road. They talked about cat whiskers, the color of the sun, and giving. What makes one happy, Sue? asked Hawk, the youngest monk. Old Sue, who was the wisest, said, Let's find out. The sound of a bell brought their gaze to the rooftops of a village below. They could not see from so high above that the village had been through many hard times famine flood and war had made the villagers weary and untrusting of strangers they had even become suspicious of their neighbors the villagers worked hard but only for themselves there was a farmer a tea merchant a scholar a seamstress a doctor a carpenter and many others but they had little to do with one another When the monks reached the foot of the mountain, the villagers disappeared into their houses. No one came to the gates to greet them. And when the people saw them enter the village, they closed their windows tight. The monks knocked on the door of the first house. There was no answer. Then the house went dark. They knocked on a second door and the same thing happened. It happened again and again from one house to the next. These people do not know happiness, they all agreed. But today, said Sue, his face bright as the moon, we will show them how to make stone soup. They gathered twigs and branches and made a fire. They placed a small tin pot on top and filled it with water from the village well. A brave little girl who had been watching came to them. What are you doing? she asked. We are gathering twigs, said Locke. We are making a fire, said Hawk. We are making stone soup, and we need three round, smooth stones, said Sue. The little girl helped the monks look around the courtyard until they found just the right ones. Then they put them in the water to cook. These stones will make excellent soup, said Sue, but this very small pot won't make very much, I'm afraid. My mother has a bigger pot, said the girl. The little girl ran home as she started to take a pot her mother asked what she was doing the three strangers are making soup from stones she said they need our biggest pot hm said the girl's mother stones are easy to come by i'd like to learn how to do that the monks poked the coals as smoke drifted up the neighbors peered from their windows the fire in the large pot in the middle of the village was a true curiosity one by one the people of the village came out to see just what this stone soup was of course old style stone soup should be well seasoned with salt and pepper said hawk that is true said Locke, as he stirred the giant pot filled with water and stones but we have none i have some salt and pepper said the scholar his eyes big with curiosity he disappeared and came back with salt and pepper and even a few other spices sue took a taste The last time we had soup stones of this size and color, carrots made the broth very sweet. Carrots, said the woman from the back. I may have a few carrots, but just a few. And off she ran. She returned with as many carrots as she could carry and dropped them into the pot. Do you think it would be better with onions, asked Hawk. Oh yes, maybe an onion would taste good, said a farmer. He hurried off. He returned in a moment with five big onions and he dropped them into the bubbling soup. Now that's a fine soup, he said. The villagers all nodded their heads as the smell was very agreeable. But if only we had some mushrooms, said Sue, rubbing his chin. Several villagers licked their lips. A few dashed away and returned with fresh mushrooms, noodles, pea pods, and cabbages. Something magical began to happen among the villagers. As each person opened their heart to give, the next person gave even more, and as this happened, the soup grew richer and smelled more delicious. I imagine the Emperor would suggest we add dumplings, said one villager and bean curd said another. What about clout ear and mug beans and yams? cried some vi- others and taro root and winter melon and baby corn cried other villagers garlic ginger root soy sauce lily buds i have some i have some people cried out and off they ran returning with all they could carry the monks stirred and the pot bubbled how good it smelled how good it would taste how giving the villagers had become at last the soup was ready The villagers gathered together, they brought rice and steamed buns, they brought lychee nuts and sweet cakes, they brought tea to drink, and they lit lanterns. Everyone sat down to eat. They had not been together for a feast like this for as long as anyone could remember. After the banquet, they told stories, sang songs, and celebrated long into the night. Then they unlocked their doors and took the monks into their homes and gave them very comfortable places to sleep. In the gentle spring morning, everyone gathered together near the willows to say farewell. Thank you for having us as your guests, said the monks. You have been most generous. Thank you, said the villagers. With the gifts you have given, we will always have plenty. You have shown us that sharing makes us all richer. And to think, said the monks, to be happy is as simple as making stone soup. I
1: just love stories thank you for sharing that Shannon and we hope that that just inspires everyone to go out and make some stone soup mm-hmm. <laughs> so as we close today we want to thank Monica for joining us thank you for sharing some of your story with us Monica we are just so privileged yet again to to hear in into the heart and life of of a dear child of God. So thank you, Monica. Thank you all for listening. And we're going to close again with the passage from Hebrews 12. Maybe we're at the point that you can recite it with me. (laughs) Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you for listening to the Mosaic Podcast a podcast for the women of Wallenstein Bible Chapel, where we meet one another in story, in art, and in Christ. You can subscribe by going on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts so that you will be notified when the next show drops. Also, please be sure to check out our show notes for more details and join in the conversation on either Facebook at mosaic.podcast.wbc or on Instagram at mosaic.podcast. We pray that you will be inspired and encouraged as you travel your own personal journey from brokenness to beauty.